Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs and chapter number six, Proverbs chapter number six. As we continue to go through our little series of Proverbs, uh, just hitting some of these great uh, teachings, principles that we find in the Word of God, we understand that a lot of Proverbs deals with the idea of a father teaching his son. And with it, we see that there are a lot of parenting tips. There are a lot of practical tips. For example, there are many times that the uh, penman, uh, human penman of uh, Proverbs takes his son aside and says, here's some things to avoid. He takes his son and pulls him aside and say, these are the things that you need to pay attention to. He also takes his son aside and teaches him the, some principles of having a Christian home, having a home that's looking to the Lord and how a proper biblical home is to operate. Now we know that we live in a world that is totally antagonistic towards the Bible. Even if they don't say they are, just the way that they think is so off. And so listening to any parenting book, uh, to listen to any parenting program, to listen to any daytime talk show, gives you advice that goes so far against what the Bible has to say. And because of that, and we're going to see some of that conclusion in the Bible, that it drives people to the place where they cannot hear God's voice. And they're not prepared to obey what God's given them to do. And when people finally do get saved, that they're so ill-trained to obey that the result is, is that even Christians do not respond to God as they should. And we're going to see that this is going to be very key of starting young and starting in the home. And that it goes a lot more further than just trying to get kids to obey you. But we could see the principle goes so far that it, we are training people, the kids, not just to obey us, but we're teaching them how to respond properly to God when God speaks to them. And how does God speak to them? So with that backdrop in mind, turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Proverbs, chapter number six. The book of Proverbs, chapter six, and if you don't mind, notice with me starting at verse 20. Proverbs, chapter six. And in verse number 20, Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20, the Bible says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy neck and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. And when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, notice how God refers to what the father says and the mother says. Notice there are two phrases I want you to mark in verse number 20. Notice father's commandment, 
father's commandment. And then notice the law of thy mother, the law of thy mother. So with this, we're going to hit the principle that God teaches here that about father's commandments and mother's law, father's commandments and mother's law. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you, I'm just asking that you would give help and mercy and power today. That you know our heart, that we want to be a practical help to the homes. That this is something that we can all apply and that we can all use. And that we can understand the principle, why? Why is this so important? Where does this lead to? And how does this affect? And do it for the purpose that we can order our homes correctly for the purpose that our children and those that we have influence over learn to respond to God the way that they ought. Lord, because this is such an important thing and we know that this is such a fight against this message, we're asking that you put power upon it. You put power in a special way, that you would give much wisdom and understanding through your precious Holy Spirit, that as I'm preaching, your Holy Spirit would make this clear in the hearts of people and that they could learn and be better and respond to you properly because of this. Lord, your spirit's job is to convince them, not me. My job is just to be the messenger and preach what you say. Lord, I'm asking that you would do your own work even now, and we could trust you to do it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. As we examine this passage, there is so much to give and dig out and to open our eyes for, and that's what we want. The Bible gives the principle in Psalm 118, open my eyes that we may behold wonderful things out of thy law. I hope that's our heart today, and that instead of crossing our arms and saying, well, you know, you're going to have to convince me, that we would have an open heart and say, Lord, teach me something that maybe I didn't know that we can apply within our hearts. Notice if you don't mind, as we examine this passage, the first thing I want to bring to your attention is how we should look at parental authority. How we should look at parental authority. If you don't mind, notice with me, if you don't mind, starting at verse number 20. How should we look at parental authority? It says, my son Keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. What a powerful phrase that it says, keep thy father's commandment. And it says, forsake not the law of thy mother. Now, as we start off, a biblical principle we need to understand is that God leads us through biblical authority. If you've never written that down or perhaps to do it again, this is a good statement to have written down for your own understanding. God leads us through biblical authority. God leads us through biblical authority. In the Christian life, there are a lot of people who say, well, I don't know what God's trying to tell me. God leads us through biblical authority. We all have biblical authority in our lives, that children have parents, wives have husbands, People should have a pastor. We have presidents. We have law enforcement. We children have teachers. But God leads us through biblical authority. Now, starting there already starts to be a conflict with our world. Our world loves rebellion. If you are a child of the 60s, rebellion. Child of the 70s, rebellion. My generation of the 90s, oh, rebellion, rebellion, rebellion. 
Millennials? Ah, don't, those old people don't know what they're talking about. We'll do our old thing. We're just defined by rebellion. We hate the idea to obey any authority, much less that dreaded biblical authority. But God does things simple. You know, sometimes people have in mind that God is going to give them a burning bush experience. I can live my life however I want. And if God honestly wants to speak to me, he's going to put a bush on fire that won't be consumed. And I'll go investigate it and kind of go, all right, God, what do you have for me? Some people have, well, maybe God's going to write his will in the clouds. And I'm going to look up one day, you know, oh, some people may even think, well, I'm going to find a tortilla chip with Mary's face in it. And if I have that, oh, I'll know exactly what to do. People will look to find God's will in different ways. I knew a person that they said, I need to do God's will. What I do is I have a set of five coins. And what I do is I flip each one of them. And if three heads are up and one head's down, then I know that it's a yes. How is it that God leads us? God leads us through biblical authority. That is something we have to understand. God leads us through biblical authority. So kids are in a classroom and their teacher says, guess what kids? I'm giving you a homework assignment. And they go, oh, stupid homework. You understand what God's good and perfect acceptable will for those children is? To do the homework. Children are inside of their home. And their mom says, go do the dishes. You want to know what God's good, perfect, and acceptable will for that child is? To do the dishes. You see, God makes things simple. We make things complicated. We try to find some reason to disobey. Well, I don't have to do my homework because my teacher hates me. That's exactly why teachers enjoyed public education in the first place, to become a teacher because they hate kids. Parents just want to stifle my fun. But then it goes on when you don't learn to obey those other authorities. Well, pastor gives you something to do and you look at him, eh, it's more of a suggestion. No big deal. And it starts to affect other things in your life just simply because people do not know simply how does God lead us? How does God direct our attention? He directs us through biblical authority. When we understand that God leads us through biblical authority, then we start to understand how important this very first look at parental authority is. That our parents are the very first biblical authority in our lives. And their direction will help shape how we obey other authorities in our life, especially God's authority. If a child will not listen to their father, they will not listen to God. If a child will not listen to their mother, they will not listen to God. So what we understand here, you say, well, then a child should obey. No, 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 no. It's the parent's job. Parent's job to realize that you are teaching your child how to respond to God by teaching them to respond to you. Therefore, you have a big responsibility to have your children obey. That is a big responsibility. How you train them to obey you is how they will learn to obey God later. So for this reason, 
the Bible teaches us something about biblical authority in this passage. Notice, fathers have commandments, mothers have law. Notice in this specific passage, Solomon is not referring to obeying God's law. This is not talking about the Bible in these verses here. This is not saying obey the Bible, obey God's word. It is saying you obey the parents' law, the parents' commandments, as if they are God's law. They're teaching that his son is the child should respond to biblical authority because they're God's commandments. They should obey it as if it's God's commandments because it's God's will for their life. Parents, you need to see how important you're instructing your child is at this time. How you teach your children is how they're going to respond to God. And that your <laughs> teaching has commandments. Now, parents sometimes like to be good explainers. I, I know some parents like that, that the, par- the child <laughs> will look at them and go, why? All right, what I need you to do is I need you to clean your room. But why? Well, you have to understand that your room is filthy and I don't want to come down in the middle of the night and step on Legos and I'm going to hurt myself and trip and fall and then I'd fall on the dog and the cat will squeal. Then we'll wake up your mother. I mean, there's some people that are really good explainers. And that's not necessarily bad as long as the end result is the same. The child obeys. Most of the time when the child says why, it's because they're looking for a reason not to obey. How do you know? Well, you remember teenage years and the teenager says, can I borrow the car? And you say, no. And the next question is why? They don't want to know why. How do you know? Because if I said yes, they would be squealing out the driveway (laughs) before I finish. They'd be gone. They don't want to know why. They were just trying to challenge the authority to get you to change their mind. So explaining why is not the answer. In fact, you might have had a parent that did this. I need you to clean your room. But why? Because I said so. And some kids like, I don't like that answer. But you understand, according to this passage, that is a biblical answer. They don't need any other reason other than you said so. Why? Because we're teaching them to obey biblical authority. It doesn't matter why. If God tells you to do something, are you going to go, why? You should say, yes, God, I'll do it. That's what we're training them to do, to obey God's command. Now, again, the way that the world teaches, this is already hijacking things. This is just, they're losing their minds now. But we have to go to the Bible. The Bible keeps things simple. What's simple? Because I said so. That is pretty simple. That is a biblical answer. Because I said so. Now do it now. Fathers have commandments. Mothers have laws. They're not suggestions. They're not, it would be nices. They're not options. They're commandments. It is a biblical answer. Now, (laughs) with it, as we're training people, children, young children, should be taught to obey without question upon command. Go clean your room. There should be no fighting, no argument. It should be done. There's no option. I I watch sometimes parents give their kids an option. Do your chores or else. Well, that or else implies a choice. Well, then I'll go behind door number two. 
they shouldn't have a choice. It's you do it. It's a commandment. It's a law. It's not an option. Now, as kids begin to get older, we're training them how to survive on their own. But we now give them a choice, but that choice isn't just open-ended. Now we start to give the consequences. Sure, you are free to obey or disobey, but there's going to be consequences for those actions. And we have to teach them that there's consequences for those actions. But for young children, they're taught to obey, period. Teenagers, they should be taught that they should obey, but when they don't, there's consequences for those actions. And those consequences become more and more severe as they disobey more and more. Why? Because we're trying to teach them. Those who are adults understand there's consequences. You can't look at the boss when the boss says, hey, I need you to go do this. and go, why? It doesn't usually do well. Or heaven forbid, no. We watch children do that. It's just people get hired. Hey, go take care of this. I need you to go do this. Do something. I'm paying you. (laughs) Those of you who work with people understand. You see this. It doesn't go well. Now, back in my day, that was a firing offense. Today's world who's taught not to obey, they're just stare at the back and work around them. But <laughs> for us, there should be something different about us and that they need to be taught to obey. Hold your finger here. Let's look at the, some New Testament passages that deal with this. Turn with me, if you don't mind, first of all, to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians and chapter number six. Good. Now, for you parents, I encourage you to teach your kids memory verses. And if you need to start off with a memory verse, say, Pastor, what memory verse should I start off with? Ephesians 6, 1 is an excellent starting place. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, when you see the next word, what is the next word, class? For. Oftentimes when you see the word for, you could often ask the question why. It's almost like God was anticipating and knows how children are. Children, obey your parents of the Lord. Why? For this is right. See, that was pretty simple, wasn't it? Because I said so. Because this is the right thing to do. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is is right. It's the right thing to do. It's what you're supposed to do. Obey your parents. Notice as it goes on, verse 2. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now verse 3 is a great promise. God says, all right, for those who need explaining, let me help you out. Honor thy father and thy mother. Why? So you could live a long time and enjoy the life that you have. That's pretty simple. You know, when children are taught not to obey, they don't enjoy life. Why? Because they're miserable. They're in trouble. They wonder why they can't move ahead. They wonder why they're stuck. They wonder why things fall apart. They wonder why the boss is staring at them. (laughs) It, It makes things complicated. Obey the children, obey your parents and Lord. Why? Because it's right. Well, I need some explanation. All right, fine. 
It's going to go well with you. You're going to enjoy the life that you have more if you're taught how to obey. Amen. For example, hey, I need you to go do this. I don't think I should do that. <laughs> go do this. I want you to do this. <laughs> I don't think I should. That's not part of my job description. I didn't show up for this. I didn't. <laughs> And now they're fighting back and forth. And John, uh, the boss is frustrated. And then they go around. That boss is so mean today. He just yelled at me for no reason. For those who work, have you ever heard someone say that after they got yelled at? For not doing their job? He's just being mean to me. No, they told you to work. And my teacher hates me. Well, what would they ask you to do? Well, they asked me to do homework. Well, they yelled at me for not doing homework. <laughs> You understand? Children, obey your children, uh, parents in the Lord. Why? For this is right. We'll explain it. It's going to go well with you if you learn how to obey. It makes things simple. You know, bosses are so used to people fighting today that when the boss goes up and says, hey, you know what? You messed something up. Can you fix this? No problem. Thank you, sir. Thank you for pointing that out. They're like, what just happened? Most bosses now have to work themselves up because they know it's going to fight. I have to go tell someone that they did something wrong. I have to go tell them to go do something and they're just expecting feedback. It's such an unheard of thing to say, no problem, I'll go get it done. <laughs> Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Colossians. Let's see what Colossians has to say. Again, God makes things simple. I have studied and listened to the child raising classes that the secular world gives. And it is complicated. It is super complicated. And it still doesn't give the results that gives. The Bible keeps things simple. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. Why? Because it is right. It's the right thing to do. Colossians chapter 3. And notice with me verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all. All things. Notice that word all. What does all mean? All. all. Why? Because parents have, dads have commandments, mothers have laws. Children, obey your parents in all things. If your dad told you to do it, it is a commandment. Just consider it a commandment. If your mother told you to do it, just consider it a law. Obey in all things. If your mom says shut up, then you shut up. If they say, look at me, look at me. <laughs> Just treat it as a commandment and a law. And it goes, well, but notice it goes on. Children, obey your parents in all things. Why? See, notice the word for. When you see the word for, you could often ask the question, why? Why? For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers have commandments, mothers have laws. Why should I obey the Lord or obey my parents? Because God is pleased. Do you know, children, you could be pleasing to God very simply. Go clean your room. Yes, ma'am. And God says, I'm happy with that child right there. You understand? The Christian life is simple. How can I be pleasing to God? By doing what he told me to do. Obedience is the very best way to show that we believe. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. God is pleased when we obey. So once again, this is on the parents. You have to teach your children to obey. Because if you teach your children to disobey, by default, your, your kids are not well-pleasing to the Lord. 
But God loves all children. He does all love all children, but he doesn't love their behavior. Someone once told me this before I had children, that if I raise my kids so others will enjoy them, I'll enjoy them just as well. Amen. Well, in this case, if we raise our kids so God enjoys hanging out with my kids, I'll enjoy them as well. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? For this is right. Now, let's, let's do a sing-along now. Fathers have what? Amen. Mothers have it makes it simple, doesn't it? Just treat biblical authority in that way. Turn back with me to the book of Proverbs. Let's explore some more. So we're just hitting this first idea, this first point that fathers, how do we treat? How should we view? How should we look at parental authority? Notice there's a second thing. What do we do with parental authority? What do we do with parental authority? Proverbs chapter 6, and notice with me verse 21. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 21. So fathers have, mothers have, what do we do with them? Verse 21, bind them, the commandments and the laws, continually upon thy neck, and tie them about, or sorry, continually upon thy heart, and tie them about thy neck. What do we do with them? They should be kept with a child. If it's their commandments and laws are put around my heart, I'm going to keep them. If they're tied around my neck, I'm not going to lose them. Kids are pretty good at losing things, right? How can I make sure they don't lose them? Tied around their heart. Tied around their neck. They won't lose it if it's tied around their neck. You know, God's using some imagery here to try to get us across because we all know that kids are liable to lose stuff. It's almost like you remember the old cartoons where they had to put a big diaper pin with a note on a child to send to the teacher to make sure it got to the teacher. Well, God says, we're doing the same thing. You take the commandments and you take the laws and you <laughs> bind them on the heart. You tie them around their neck. What do we do with this? Well, it, we're trying to get it so it makes it a part of them. It's something that they're not going to throw off as soon as they get the chance. We learn another principle here is that there's a difference between submission and compliance. Submission and compliance. What is the difference? It is a heart issue. There are some children who are compliant child, meaning that they just do what's right because it's the easiest path. They don't get yelled at, whatnot. But as soon as they get away from biblical authority, they go crazy. We watch ch church kids do this all the time. Well, they look like they were a good church kid. They showed up in youth group. They showed up here. And as soon as they turned 18, they took off and now they're drinking alcohols and all kinds. What happened? It wasn't on their heart. It, they were compliant and not submissive. You understand, parents, it's not that you're trying to conform their outside behavior. You're trying to capture their heart. You're trying to gain their heart for the Lord. And when you gain their heart, they have no problems obeying father's commandments or mother's laws because you have captured their heart. There's something about if you have someone's heart, they want to do things for you because they love you. And it will stick with them. It will stay with them. Now, I'm in the South, and in the South, we are taught to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. So much so that when I'm out in public and I continue to say it, 
uh, they'll say, you're from the South, aren't you? And then they'll look at me and say, can you stop saying yes, sir? No, ma'am. <laughs> no, I can't. Because, and I used to say a long time ago, because as soon as I don't, my mama's going to come up from behind me and slap me. Why? There was a fear that I had. There was a love that I had to it. There was a respect. She put something in me that stayed with me that even though I was states away, I still obeyed her law. Because it was part of my heart. It was something ingrained and put into me. Parents, you have to work at capturing their heart. By the way, you can't be, capture their heart if you're not in their lives. You have to be a part of their lives. Do you understand that most children who have a father in the home, their father spends less than eight minutes of face-to-face time with them? Less than eight minutes for a child. You know, that's why our homes are messed up. Because you cannot capture a child's heart being an absent parent. You cannot capture their heart if you let the electronic babysitter watch over them. Amen. The television will capture their heart, not you. You have to have face-to-face time with them. You have to have times where you talk to them about the life, universe, and everything. You have to get the place where you answer every question. Let me tell you, this is important. You answer everything. Every question they want. Because as soon as you, they get enough no's from you or leave me alone, they will go get their questions answered from someone you do not want them giving answers to. If they say, why is sky blue? Why is water wet? You talk to them. Give them an answer. Speak to them. But they're bothering me. Well, welcome to parenthood. <laughs> There was nothing in parenthood that said it was going to be easy. Barely an inconvenience. They understand that working with kids is work. And you have to spend time with them. You have to capture their heart. They have to know that you love them. Well, then I don't have to spank my kid. No, 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 no. You absolutely do. Because you love them. But you need to spend time with them when they're not in trouble too. If all the time that you spend with your kids is when you're correcting them, then you're never going to capture their heart. They're going to resent you and they're going to hate you. And they're going to rebel against your authority. You have to capture their heart. And when you capture their heart, the commandments that the fathers give and the laws that the mothers give will be a part of their life put in their heart. Hold your finger here if you don't mind. Turn with me to Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. Again, we're trying to be a practical, real help. God keeps things simple. We make things complicated. Notice with me if you don't mind. Proverbs 23. Notice with me in verse 22. Proverbs 23 verse 22. Hearken unto thy father that begot thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth, and sell it not. Also wisdom, and instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begotteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice." 
Now, this is talking about a parent that is invested in their kid and grabbed their heart. And when they grab their heart, the children has learned how to obey biblical authority. And as they learn how to obey biblical authority, they will obey the other biblical authorities in their life. And guess what? They're not going to be in jail. Amen. Guess what? They're going to be good citizens who are productive and their employer likes to have them working for them. And they're going to advance and they're going to thrive. And you're going to say, it is a blessing that my child still wants to talk to me when they're 30 years old. It's a blessing that when I'm too old to go mow my lawn, they'll come out and mow my lawn and say, I want to help you out, Dad. It will be a blessing when the snow is piled up and they come up and say, hey, let's take care of the snow for you. That would be a blessing. There are rewards for it. That you're investing in your child to have a long lasting relationship with them where they want to be with you. You know how many kids don't want to speak to their parents after they leave the home? That's a heartbreaking thing. Now's the time to invest in them, to capture the heart, to work with them. So that way they can thrive and be who they are. And we can rejoice in the product of it. It is worth the time, but it's hard work. It is worth the time. Your children are worth it to spend time with them, to play checkers with them. You say, but I'm bad. That doesn't care. You know what kids want most is they want to spend time with their parents. Amen. But I buy them all these things. They want to spend time with you. But I work two jobs so that way I could provide for them. They'd rather have you. They'd rather have you. That spending the time cannot be substituted. Spend time with them. Don't put them off. They are worth the investment. Turn back with me if you don't mind. Proverbs chapter 6. So we talked about how we should look at parental authority. What we should do with parental authority. Now let's see this. The results of parental authority. The results of parental authority. Notice with me verse 22. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. What shall lead thee? Fathers have? Mothers have? So when, it's thou, when thou goest, it. What's this it? The commandments and laws. It shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it, the commandments and laws, shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, commandments and laws, it shall talk with thee. When we learn to obey biblical authority through our parents, we find that this principle guides us in life. Why? Because this is how God guides us is through biblical authority. When we learn to obey biblical authority through our parents, it's going to guard us. It's going to lead us. Notice, first of all, this lead of us. When we learn how to obey biblical authority, then God can easily guide us in other areas of our life. I could always tell how people are raised when pastors give someone something to do. Hey, go read your Bible. Nah, if I get around to it. You know what? They're hurting themselves because God's trying to guide them. God's trying to help them. Well, I don't know what God wants from me. God's trying to give you through the pastor. He's trying to help you. You understand this goes on. It will guide you. Well, how can I be a good employee? By learning to listen to your boss. It's pretty simple. <laughs> what has he given you to do? God guides us through biblical authority. This is a principle that will lead us the rest of our life. Again, 
we're talking about parents. You, you tell a children and you say, all right, you're three years old. Now you need to obey the rest of your life. They're going to look at you like a calf at a new gate. Remember, this is a lesson on for parents, how important it is for you to train your child to listen to them. That fathers have Amen. and mothers have Laws. notice not only will it lead us when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. The word keep also carries with it the idea of guard. You know what happens when we learn how to listen to biblical authority, we will have a lot less regrets and be able to sleep better at night. Times like this, I wish I listened to my mom. What would your mom say? I don't know. I wasn't listening. (laughs) We run into all kinds of problems because we disobeyed our parents. Hey, you don't need to be with that guy. That guy does not have your interest in mind. You don't understand. He loves me. And he comes back later. Mama, he broke my heart. You were right. You know what? We could have avoided that whole mess. It's some, almost like parents sometimes know what they're talking about. When you learn to train your kids how to respond to biblical authority, when you go to those hard times where emotions are evolve, involved, that they will say, Mommy, maybe mom and dad see something that I don't see. And it will guard me. Maybe they know something better. And what happens is that you end up sleeping better Because you were guarded and protected because you obeyed mom's laws. You obeyed dad's commandments. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. You know, having the advice of dad and the the advice of mom is quite simply by listening to what they told you in the first place. And that there is going to be a time, and some of you have been there, when you no longer have mom and you no longer have dad. But you can still have their guidance by the things that they taught you. By the way, as much as you may think that you're invincible, one day your kids will no longer have you. Well, have you invested enough in their life that they could survive life without you by the things that you taught them? This is a big deal. That the things that you teach them will stay with them forever if you taught them correctly. And it will keep them and guard them and guide them and give them advice even when they don't have you to turn to. This is important. We must learn to listen to this. The results of biblical authority. One more thing as we see this passage, the reason for obeying biblical authority. The reason for obeying biblical authority. Notice with me verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. All right. So fathers have what? Mothers have. So notice this for the commandment. Who gave the commandment? Fathers. Who gave the law? For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. Remember, this isn't speaking about the Bible here. This is speaking about the things that the parents gave them. For the commandment is a lamp and a law is a light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You understand that when you learn how to obey biblical authority, that you learn how to survive life and go through life well without the fighting, 
without the confliction, without all of the issues that come with it and the doubts, what am I supposed to do? God keeps things simple. Obey what God's given you to do through biblical authority. And the parents, your responsibility is to teach this. It's to guard them. This is the reason because it's going to affect them the rest of their life. In our homes, many of them, many of those homes have gotten rid of the restraints. Most homes do not have rules regarding what you can and can't do. And by the way, that's an awful thing. Our refusal to set standards and guidelines is making more children of hell. Why? Because if they don't learn how to respond to biblical authority, they'll never respond to God. And if they won't respond to God, they won't do what they were supposed to do. Love disciplines. Love restrains. Love forbids certain things to be done. One of the most loving words that ever could be said by a parent is no. Why? Because we care for them. We have to teach them that there are some things that they can't have. They can't have everything that they want in life. Everyone must learn for their own personal accountability to the Lord. Now, in the book of Proverbs, it gives principles. But we could find through the stories of the Bible, the response, an illustration of this. So is there anywhere in the Bible that we could see a child that has been taught to by their parents to obey biblical authority that ended up being a blessing to them later on? Well, indeed we do. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel in chapter number 3. Now, as you're turning to 1 Samuel chapter 3, the life of Samuel is an amazing study. You see, his mother was named Hannah. And Hannah wanted so desperately to have a child, but she was barren. And she would go to the house of God and pray and she would beg God and pray, but yet she couldn't have a child. Finally, she got to the place that says, God, if you would just give me a child, I will take this child and give him back to you for your use. And indeed, God answered her prayer and she was able to have a child. Now, she had Samuel, he was born, and she had him until he was weaned. Now, back in those days, a child was weaned about five to seven years old. And so during this time, she had taught young little Samuel how to obey biblical authority. And now she has given him to Eli, who is the high priest at this time. And he is now under the guardianship to learn how to uh, be a man of God. Samuel in this account is seven years old. And I want you to see how a seven-year-old who is taught right responds to biblical authority. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and notice with me verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered, that means served, unto the Lord before Eli. How did he serve God, by the way? By obeying Eli, the biblical authority. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no open vision. What that's referring to is that there was no Bible that they had to refer to. They had the five books of Moses. They had a oral account of Joshua and Judges. They had the book of Job, a couple Psalms. That's it. And no Bible had been written, more written at this time. And it came to pass 
at the time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to be waxed dim and he could not see. That ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. So here's the story. Eli is in his room. He's sleeping. Samuel is in his place and he is sleeping. Now pay attention to me. This is going to be important. Listen. Verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, here am I. Now, what's this, the account? Samuel <laughs> is sleeping. Eli is sleeping. In the middle of this, in the middle of this, God called Samuel while Samuel was sleeping. And you know how Samuel responded? He gets up from his sleep, goes to Eli and says, here am I. What do you want from me? What can I do for you? Now, can you imagine a seven-year-old that you say, get up and they get up immediately, come to you and say, what can I do? That's how children should be trained to obey biblical authority. That even in their sleep, if you call them, they get up immediately and come. We understand we live in America. Can you imagine because of our lack of biblical authority telling a child to get up once and expect them to come up and say, what can I do to be a blessing to you? That's unheard of. Yeah. There, there's something wrong with the way that we've trained. But here is Samuel who wakes up. Let's just see the account. Verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I, for thou callest me. And Eli, he said, I called not, lay down again. And he went and lay down. Now, Eli was asleep when Samuel comes up and says, yes, sir, what can I do for you? And Eli looks over and like any other parent at three o'clock in the morning when your child comes in, I didn't need you, go to bed, go back to bed. Samuel shrugs his shoulders. He goes steps inside of uh, his sleep, goes back to sleep. Notice once again in verse number um, seven. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Notice verse seven. In this account, Samuel is not saved yet. But he has been taught by his mother to obey biblical authority that even though he wasn't saved, he was still in tune to the voice of God because he was ready to obey even when he was sleeping. Amen. Children should be taught to obey anywhere, anytime. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So it happened a second time. So a <laughs> second time, Samuel goes up and wakes Eli up. The second time, Eli's <laughs> go to bed. I didn't call you. And notice Samuel still willing to jump up even though he was told again. No. So a third time God speaks to him. Samuel was asleep. He wakes up, goes to Eli a third time, knowing that twice Eli said, go back to bed. Amen. What has happened? His mother has taught him how to obey to biblical authority. And now he is trained to obey and he's looking forward to obeying. What do you have me to do? Now at this time... Uh, Eli finally is woken up enough to kind of sense maybe there's something going on here. 
And so he trains Samuel. He said, all right, what you do, next time you hear that voice, don't come to me. You look up and say, Lord, here here I am. Speak to me. I'm ready to listen. And when God spoke to Samuel the fourth time, can you imagine this? Let's just play it in America. All right. Let's just say that you're lucky enough that you worked hard to train your kids that you say, hey, get up. And the kid gets up immediately, immediately, and comes and says, what can I do to be a blessing? Never mind. And they go back to bed. And they start sleeping second time. Hey, I need you. They get up. They come on command. What can I do to be a blessing? Now I don't need you. Go back to bed. They go back to sleep. Do you think in a normal house, even a good house, the third time when they say get up that the kid's going to be? No, no. But here is Samuel who is so well taught to obey biblical authority because fathers have and mothers have. And that was ingrained in him. It was bound in his heart. So now that he's no longer living under mom's authority, but now he's living under God's authority through Eli the priest, the preacher, he's now responding. And now that Eli said, wait, 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 I think God's trying to talk to you directly. Here's how to respond to God. That what happened is that Samuel woke up. Yes, Lord, what you have? And God says, let's have a chat. Isn't that amazing? Where did it come from? He had a mother that taught a young child that fathers have and that mothers have. And they taught them that to respond to biblical authority so that when he's seven years old, one command, he's up out of bed and saying, what can I do to be a help? That's the example that we should be training our children under. That's the example. You said, well, I fall short of the example. I know that's why we have a biblical example because it's much easier to compare our kids to some other kids. But this is the the comparison God gives us. Here's a seven-year-old who at this time doesn't know Jesus as a savior. And yet he's so well-trained that he obeys biblical command even from a sleep. Gets up without a fight immediately and is ready to be a blessing. Well, whatever happened to old Samuel? We'll look at the end of the chapter and let's just see how it turns out. Because he was taught how to obey biblical authority, notice what happened in verse 19. 1 Samuel 3, 19. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. Notice this first thing. He grew. This carries the idea not only did he grow physically, but he grew spiritually. Because he was taught how to obey biblical authority, he grew spiritually. Not only that, the Lord was with him. You know, it's amazing throughout the Bible, you'll see this phrase that the Lord was with him. The good hand of God was upon him. Ezra is a good example that Ezra was ready to scribe. Why? Because he prepared his heart to read the word of God. He prepared his heart to obey the word of God. And he prepared his heart to teach the word of God. He was prepared. So here, God was with him. Why? Because he was prepared to obey God. His mom had taught him because fathers have, mothers have, and because he was so well taught, he was willing to obey God's authority. Notice this other picture. And did let none of his God's words fall to the ground. You know how well Samuel was trained? 
is that he was looking forward to obeying God's word. It's like holding a basket underneath an apple tree and he's waiting and he didn't let a single one hit the ground. He was so prepared to obey what God gave him. Why? Because his mother taught him that fathers have and mothers have. And because he learned how to obey his parents' authority, he was now able to obey biblical authority, even invisible authority. And he didn't let any of God's words hit the ground. You understand that's the desire for us as parents is that our kids hear God's voice and they immediately respond. Not like sometimes we do. I heard a comedian once say that in today's society, it's like you have to send a barrage of commands to the child. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. And just, it finally hits them all at once. That's not the training that we have here. Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Lord, what can I do? Why? Because it starts in the home by teaching biblical authority. You understand, some parents, if it's just left to their authority, well, it's no big deal. But we understand it's not just about parental authority. It's about teaching our children to respond properly to God. There is a lot more at stake than them just doing what we tell them to do. We are training them to listen to God and respond to him the first time. Because mothers or fathers have, mothers have, and this is the training and the principle to teach the children to respond properly to God. Now we understand that we have different ages in here. Maybe you're a teenager. Let's start with you. Let me encourage you to learn to obey your parents and the Lord. Why? For this is right. We know that teenagers is a wrong age or a hard age because now you have to make decisions for yourself. Maybe the decision that you have is, Lord, I'm starting to understand now that this is a big deal. Help me to respond better to my biblical authority So I could respond to you. Now, I don't know your hearts. You could be compliant and not submissive. Is it in your heart to obey? Or are you just doing it because this is what you have to do? Now, for those of us who are parents with children, our response is, how are you going to raise your kids? You need to teach them to respond right away, immediately to God's command. Why? Because we want them to listen to God when he speaks. We have to understand that we're training them how to listen to God. That's a big deal. For those of you who are, don't have children in the home, but maybe you have grandchildren. Maybe you have influence of their other kids. Understand that you have a responsibility to teach. We know that not all homes are set up the same, but you can't do anything about their home, but you could use your influence to train the children to obey. You know, it is amazing to watch grandparents to be able to have their little grandchild and teach them how to sit in church. That's a big deal. They're teaching them a principle. They're investing in that child. We know that there are some people that teach in the schools. You have a responsibility to teach those kids to respond to authority because who are they going to learn it from? This is a big deal. We need to use our influence wisely. All of us have someone that's looking up to you. Believe it or not, you may think, well, I'm like the worst Christian in here. Do you know that there's little children in here that think you're the greatest Christian ever and they're watching you? 
How are you responding to biblical authority in front of them? Are you learning to respond correctly? These are things to consider because it's a lot more than just having a child obey me. We're teaching them how to respond to God through biblical authority. This becomes a very big deal because fathers have and mothers have. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.